the pre-trip. What's going on, everybody? This is just for the people that's not here yet. This is just for the people that's on the replay. You know, when they click that play button, they'd be like, yo, why they just annoying? No, 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 no. We're we're talking. We're talking. What's going on, everybody? I am Lockout Man, and this is the pre-trip. So what's going on? My special guest for this evening, Miss Kimberly. How you doing today? I'm really good, thank you. How do you pronounce your last name before I beat it up? No, you go ahead and beat it up. Uh, it actually came, it, it's Barrowgrove. Barrowgrove, okay. I came, up with, I came up with my name because I, I didn't want to um, go online. Like this world is not the most trans-friendly place. And I didn't want to use my own name. So I figured, you know what? I need to come up with a new name, but I wanted something really unique. So my favorite poem is Jabberwocky by Lewis Carroll. And there's one line in it that goes, and it's a nonsense poem. So none of the words actually mean anything. Uh, there's one line that says, all Mimsy were the Borogoves. So a little bit playing around with Mimsy and Borogoves. And I came up with Kimberly Beargrove. All right, all right. We'll we'll get more than we'll we get more into that when we get into the show. Uh what's up, everybody? We're just still waiting for a few people to come in. But Kimberly, I got some quick questions for you. It is uh it is brought to you by Poddex. You know what I'm saying? These the interview cards that was sent to me by uh by Poddex. So if you guys is thinking about jumping into something like this and y'all don't have no questions to ask, Poddex will hook, I mean, will hook you up. So let me go ahead and shuffle a couple of these cards. Let's see. Shuffle, shuffle. Hold on. I'm not a good shuffler here. You know, I, I play poker and they 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 shuffle. They got some shuffle. All right. Mm -hmm. First what first question I got for you. All right. Okay. Kimberly, if you had a if you had to teach a class on one thing, what would you teach? Well, I used to be a teacher, so my favorite was always science. Okay, okay, okay. What, what was so what was so special about science? Um, I was one of those hands-on kind of teachers. Um when I when I became a teacher, I wanted to be like the best of the teachers that I had. Mm -hmm. So I was the kind of teacher who would build stuff in the classroom and blow stuff up. Okay. Um, had a lot of explosions in my classroom and my students loved it. I loved it. I just found it a very rewarding kind of career. I think I would have loved it. Yeah. Blow stuff up. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Question two. Hold on right quick. Hold on. Hold on. I got it. Hold on. Hold on, let me see. Is this a, this might be a good one? Let's see. Hold on, right quick. Trying trying to find another. Last year, are you still there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> I had to shuffle. I had to shuffle the deck again. <laughs> so hold on. Here we go. What do you What do you consider the most? Oh, uh, wait. Overrated. Overrated virtue. What What do you consider the most overrated virtue?
That's a I'm good sorry, question. What did you say? <laughs> it says, it says, what do you consider the most overrated virtue? That's a good question. Wow. Um, how do I even answer that? I know, right? <laughs> wow. Um, the most overrated virtue. Probably humility because nobody ever manages it, but everybody wants it. Okay, okay. That's a good that's that's a good answer. I had to give you the wait a minute. Let me make sure I get the right get the right one. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh Last question before we before we get into the show. Um, what? All right, here you go. Now this year has been like a crazy year, right? So Absolutely insane. So, what's the favorite thing you brought this year? Um, my favorite thing that occurred, like what I went through. No, no, no. It says, uh, it says, what's the favorite thing you brought this year? Oh, like, like I delivered. No, you brought like something you brought, like, like a favorite item, favorite clothing, favorite. Uh, oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it says, what is, what's, what's the favorite thing you brought this year? Well, I don't know. I mean, this year has been really liberating for me because I've lived my whole life pretending that I was something that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And this year, as I finally entered trucking and basically said goodbye to my teaching career, I, I guess the favorite thing that I have brought was the ability to be me. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I'm answering the question, but to actually live as the woman that I've held inside for so many years, just, just living. And, you know, most people aren't going to understand that because, you know, most people just take their gender for granted, take their identity for granted. Okay. But I would say the best thing that I had this year was my own identity. Okay, that's what's up. That is what's up. All right, Kimberly, we're about to go ahead and start the show. So here we go. What's going on, guys? Lockout Man back again with another video for that. What's going on? Welcome to the Lockout Men Podcast Show. I am your humble host, Lockout Men. And I just got to tell you guys, man, look. <sighs> okay, so I thought I lost my wallet, right? But then I found it, but then I lost it again. And I, it, it's, it's kind of crazy how, to, how, how that works. So losing the wallet, find it, lose it again. Crazy day today, crazy day today. I'll tell you guys a little bit more about that in a minute. But before I start, before I start this evening off, today is Tuesday, November 24th. We almost to that day, y'all. Turkey Day coming in a couple of days. Is you guys working? Is you guys driving? 
is you guys, what, what are you guys doing? Let me know in the comments below, all right? All right, so if you like content like this and more, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share. Hit that bell and that all button because that all button lets you know what's up. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what's up with that all button. Make sure that you hit the lights. We're trying to get the lights up so YouTube can push these videos, all right? All right, today's special guest, excuse me, I got some water right here. Today's special guest is Miss Kimberly Burgrove. How are you today? I am just late tonight. I'm really, really good. And thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Thank you for coming on this evening. Thank you for coming on. Now, let me ask you something. Now, I, I lost my wallet. I, I Or at least I thought I lost my wallet. And then I found it again. And then I lost it again. Now, what I mean by losing it again is because I had to call all my creditors and my banks to cancel all my all my debit cards and all my credit cards. But I did, but but I did find my wallet. It was it was stuck in the it was like stuck in the crack of the uh of the um of the top thing. Have you been in a situation like that? Have you lost something and then found it and then lose it again? Well, that's the best thing about being a girl is you keep everything in your purse. And when I'm driving my truck, I put my wallet in my purse. I keep everything there and it's just where I need it. But way, way, way back a long, long time ago, I bought something and I managed to leave my wallet on the checkout counter. And I was ready to do the same thing as you. I was going to cancel all my credit cards and everything else when I got a phone call from the store telling me they had it all and everything was intact, I got it back and I didn't lose it for several months after that. Yeah, unfortunately for me, I, I, I guess I was in panic mode this morning and, you know, I, I looked for it and looked for it and looked for it and... I was like, bump it. So I went to check all, you know, check all of my uh, accounts to make sure that it wasn't, you know, tampered with. And majority of my accounts, I could just, you know, go online. I go online and just, you know, flick it, flick it on or off. And and I, I flipped them all off. So now I just got to wait until probably after Thanksgiving until I probably go home again and then I should have, you know, all my new cars. It's not that many though that uh that I had to turn off, but yeah, that that part right there. So Kimberly, man, what's um hold on right quick. Let me get this up. All right, hold on. There we go. There we go. Let's start with your backstory, man. So where where you grew up? Where you where you from? I grew up in Toronto, Canada. And uh -huh. Grew up there in a Christian home, going to a hyper, hyper traditional uh, conservative Christian church. Um, I, I think that they would never, ever believe that somebody who grew up in that church would turn out like me. Mm. But I had a fairly normal childhood 
I went to school like everyone else, but I was the different one. I was the one who didn't fit in with the other boys. I was the one who really made better friends with girls. And before long, it's not just that I knew that I was different from everybody else. Everybody else knew that I was different. And yeah, then I went through lots of persecution and growing up maybe wasn't so normal anymore. So when you when you found out that when you found out that you wasn't that that you wasn't uh quite like you know other you know other kids when did you start mm-hmm. when did you start having feelings of you know being that you was different It's hard to say I mean like honestly we all go to kindergarten and we you know we we really haven't figured out anything as far as gender or anything like that goes. And, you know, I I think maybe the way that we find out that we're boys or girls is in part what we're recognized by other children. And, you know, because I was different, you know, it's kids started pointing out that I was different And of course, then you start thinking about that and you think, why am I different? How am I different? And, you know, that my parents were concerned that, you know, I was playing with Barbies. I was using the toilet the wrong way. Um, You know, my mom was telling my dad, you've got to teach him to, you know, to do it right, to, to be more like a boy. And my dad was kind of embarrassed about that. He didn't want to talk about any of those things. So, you know, and then, of course, I felt uncomfortable, um, increasingly uncomfortable presenting as a boy. I wanted to grow my hair long. I wanted to wear girls' clothes, not boys' clothes. Um, Fortunately, my sister and I were really close, and she was only too happy to have somebody who liked playing with girls' toys. Um, So it just kind of grew, you know. At first, it's just who I was. But then you start comparing yourself to others and others compare themselves to you. And that's when you find out that, yes, you're different. You're more on the feminine side than the masculine side. And then, of course, um, getting into later elementary school, I started getting called a fag and all kinds of other offensive names because they didn't have a name for people like us. Um you know, they 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 criticized my clothes, although I wasn't dressing outwardly like a girl. But there was enough of an indication that, you know, they started picking on that. And so they came up with their own conclusions about what kind of a person I was. All right. All right. So um, how did you how as you grew, you know, as you as you got older and, you know, you got into uh, you, you got into your teen years. How how did your how was your family taking it at the time? Well, um, like I said, my father didn't want to address these things. I mean, he was a good man. We we loved him, um, but he didn't want to go there. He wanted to be a good father. He wanted to be a loving parent, and you know, like I was getting beaten up in school all the time. And my my mom and dad were, were they were trying to build me up from behind. You know, my dad was 
trying to teach me how to catch a ball, but no matter what I did, I couldn't catch a ball. And I certainly couldn't throw it. Um, but they were just trying to be the best parents they could be. They didn't want to point out that I was different. They didn't want to put me on the spot. You know, when I got beat up or called names, they'd say, well, just hit them back. But, you know, I was this like the really, really willowy kid. Um, and I, I couldn't fight back. I just didn't have the, the capability. So, you know, like they never went beyond that. They never started digging into my identity or criticizing me that way. And then when my dad, my dad died when I was 17 in this horrible accident at work. Um, and shortly after that, that's when I came out to my mom and my sister and they were completely supportive. They thought that it was a phase, but they said, you know what, we love you. And, you know, you're our, you're a member of our family. You're a son, you're a brother. And if you're, if you're different, that's okay. We love you. You, you sent me your, uh, you sent me your bio, um, as, and as I, I was intrigued when, uh, when I read it, um, at one point, at one point you, you did, uh, identify yourself as a guy one time, right? Well, I had to, or I would have got beat up more. What, what was the, what was the, what was what was that part? Uh, you, you, you identified with a guy, you got married, you, you even had kids, right? I've had five children. When, when doing, doing that little, doing that little part right there, I know that was kind of, I, I guess that was kind of hard for you to, to hold in, to, to hold in who you really was, but how mm -hmm. was it? How was it during that time? How how did you feel and how was it during that time, you know, with your husband and your five kids? Well, um, you know, you do what you have to do for the sake of others, you know, and, and all of us sacrifice for the people we love, right? Right. And, you know, there's times when you simply deny yourself, you know, take up your cross and and live. And, you know, when I was a teenager, I had to learn how to walk like a boy and talk like a boy and sit like a boy or I get beat up. So, you know, I learned and I learned really, really well. I mean, eventually I became a drama teacher uh, and, you know, I was living an act. And I, I remember I, I actually went to Bible college. I became a pastor. I was keeping up the act really well. And when I met my wife, who's actually in the room with me right now, we're still working out our differences but I, you know, because I loved her so much, I was willing to be whoever she needed me to be. And when my children were young, I was willing to be the person that they needed to be. And a lot of transgender people have this attitude that, well, this is my identity and you just have to accept me for who I am, no matter what that costs you. And I, I couldn't see it that way. As a Christian, we put others before ourselves. So until all of my children were grown up, you know, my wife always knew I was honest with her, but I maintained that, that facade for the sake of my family, my children, my church. And I was very successful at it. But, 
you know, other parts of my life, I, you know, there had to be a time when I could just lay that down. So times when I would express my feminine side were just like a relief, just like when I could breathe. And the rest of the time was like holding my breath all the time. So your, your wife that, that, that's with you now, um, <laughs> is, is she, is, is she, she's the one that's, she's the one that's been with you when you was, when you was a man. All the way through. And your, and your wife, and your wife understood, understood what you, she understood what you was going through and she let you, she let you come out to be you. Well, we're still a work in progress as, as far as that goes. Um, my wife has actually never seen me as Kimberly. She knows all about Kimberly. She knows about my channel. Um, this is actually the first time that she's actually heard me sustain um, this, this feminine identity. Up till now, uh, I've lived a double life. Uh, and, you know, I live as Kimberly on the road. And I have many, many friends that I've, I've gotten through my online interactions. But then I come home and Kimberly goes away as best I can. And I live as Peter. All right. All right. Well, that's a, I, I, that's I, I got it. I got it. I got to hand it to you. Uh, I got to hand it to you is, and it's not like it's, 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 it's hard. I guess it's hard for, it's, it's hard for you to, you know, to, to hold it in. You, you want to be, you want to be who you want to be, but you know, you, for the, I guess for the sake of your family, you 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 mm -hmm. trying to, you know, you trying to hold that that balance. Yep, man, it's not easy. I can imagine. I can imagine. Uh, so what you so what you was doing before you got into trucking? Uh, you look uh, see here, you 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 got a you got a jack of all trades over there, Kim. Yep, I've I've done a lot of things. Um, of course, you know, I, I, I went to Bible college because I was intending to be a pastor mm -hmm. and I really thought that when I was married, that that would be the end of this other identity that, you know, marriage would just make that all disappear and it would fix everything. But of course it came back. And so as a pastor, I was living a double life and I felt like a liar and um, then I sort of, I've had a few burnouts and I burned out of the ministry, but I started teaching and I taught for many years. And I've kind of, the, the two main careers that I've had were uh, being a teacher and being a pastor, but there've been a few other things in there. I was a plumber right now. I'm a truck driver. Um, I've been a librarian, a warehouse worker, whole pile of other things. Yeah, but see, you got been, here. You got yeah. here. You, you've been a librarian, a warehouse worker, a pastor, drama teacher, uh, uh, elementary, middle, and and high school teacher. You 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 did all three. Uh, janitor, yeah. grocery store clerk. I mean, clerk, and uh, and a plumber. Out of 
I, uh, with the exception of truck driving, <laughs> out of all out of all the careers that you have, which ones, and besides pastoring, which one of those have you had, was most satisfying? I think definitely teaching. And the only reason I left teaching was because another burnout came and I, I just wasn't able to keep it up, but I loved my students and, you know, blowing stuff in a classroom, students come to love you pretty good too. Um, passed out a lot of chocolate. So yeah, that makes you popular, popular as well. But as a teacher, it was, it was so satisfying because there were, there were times when, you know, I was a strict teacher. I pushed hard. And there were students who hated me and hated me and hated me. And then, you know, there'd be that aha moment. There'd be that day when all of a sudden they got it. And suddenly they found that all that, all that punishment that they'd received from their teacher was actually in their benefit. And now they were able to do what they couldn't do before. And it clicked and they were filled with joy and satisfaction and of course that just you know that's infectious and it was very very satisfying to help people to do what they never thought they could do all right that's what's up that's what's up you during during your teaching during during your teaching career uh was was you uh did your did your students knew that you was transgender when during your teaching career Nobody ever suspected it. Like I said, I was a very good drama teacher because I'm a very good actor. Um, in, in fact, it was sad because in one of the schools I taught in, there was a grade one teacher who was very, very prissy. I, I don't doubt that in, in every other way, he was a very normal man, but he was prissy. And parents gave him endless trouble. And they criticized him and they accused him of pretty much everything. Uh, not that he ever did anything or that there was ever an, a real accusation, but they thought that just because he was effeminate, that that meant that he was a danger to children. And there were actually families who took their children right out of the school. But then when their children were in grade three, excuse me, they came back to the school because they wanted their children to be in my class because they felt that I was such a good male role model, which was just one of the painful ironies of it. But no, nobody ever figured it out because I was I was able to play the role well. All right, uh, Mocha, my 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 uh, my uh, my favorite person here, Mocha DMG. She says, "Have you seen the show called Transparent?" And if so, and if so, does do you relate to that show? Oh, this is embarrassing. I should know about that show, shouldn't I? Um, I don't. Um, I don't watch a lot of TV. My wife and I are basically Netflix addicts, and you know, I love chick flicks, and my wife loves action movies. So normally, we kind of compromise or watch one of the others, but. Um, we watch a lot of movies. I've not seen it. I'm so sorry. All right, all right. You okay? So you like Netflix? Do you got? Do you have Prime? 
uh, Prime, uh, I guess it's Prime Video, Prime. Yep, yeah, we do. We don't watch it very often, but yes, we definitely have it. If your wife is an action fanatic, please tell me, did she see the, did she see the boys? Not yet. Ah, uh, you gotta if if she's an action fanatic, she will enjoy that show. It's already they already in the process of doing season three. So you can go back and binge watch season one and two. If you you're an action fanatic, you'll love that show. <laughs> Take my word for it. Um sorry, I lost you just a second there. Oh, uh, you got me? Check one, two. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um all right, so all the way up, uh, all the way up from 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 all your careers, mm-hmm. where did you go to school to get your uh, to get your license, or did you go to a trucking uh, a trucking company? I went to a trucking school called Ten and Two, and they're a really small outfit here in Red Deer. Well, it's actually in Black Falls, Alberta. They're a tiny little outfit, and um, they're struggling. They really, really are. And, you know, the family actually lives inside the, the trucking school building because, yeah, they're having a hard time. But I really believe that I got excellent training from 10 and 2. So a shout out to them. And, you know, anybody who's in the central Alberta area, if you're looking for a good trucking school, Wayne is the best. And, um, yeah, I really, really benefited from them. All right. So you say you grew up in Canada. Uh, yep. Are you st- are are you still up in Canada, or or are you here in the in the states? I'm in Canada right now. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Toronto, Canada. But no, you're not in Toronto, are you? No, I'm in Red Deer, Alberta now. Red De- Okay. Okay. Now, now you you went to school. What what's the school? What was the driving school like up there? versus what we what we do down here for uh trucking school well i started last february so obviously i got a lot of experience driving in snow and ice right from the very beginning um you know my my biggest struggle learning how to be a truck driver of course was the off track and my back wheels don't follow my front wheels surprise surprise i have uh, in my first few trips, I, I really, really struggle with that. I actually managed to take out a stop sign on my first drive because, yeah, my my um, my backside went right over the curb, right over the um, median, and and that's that stop sign's never going to look the same way again. <laughs> so that was but the I, uh, that that was the biggest challenge for you in in uh, in trucking school. It really, really was. And, you know, I somebody told a joke one time. They um, th- th- This person, go back to the, you know, the, the, the old language that people used to use. Um, a person gets a sex change. And his friend says to him, so what's different from the time that you lived as a man to now as you live as a woman? And his friend says, well, I'm really not sure, except that I seem to have lost the ability to parallel park. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know. I mean, just trying to get the, the back end of my truck where it was supposed to be. Eventually, I learned to take really wide turns 
And, you know, I haven't had problems since. But as far as learning to drive in Canada uh, versus the States, I I don't really have anything to compare to because I didn't learn to drive in the States. Um, It it was what it was. City driving. uh, Red Deer is a city. I learned to drive downtown. They took me through downtown again and again and again. Um, You know, and... He was very, very patient, but he, he kept on saying, you know, you, you got to be aware. You've got to be watching everything all at the same yeah. time. And don't forget you're off track. Yep, exactly. You got to be, fo- be focused 100% of the time. Um, Kimberly, I have a, a, a commenter that has a question. Uh he says, does it matter what people call you, uh, call you either him or her in public? Well, because when I'm at home with my wife, I've had to present his mail, whether I like it or not. I would expect that when I'm in public as a male, that, you know, people would address me accordingly. And when I'm out in public and recently I've not been out in public nearly as much because my wife is afraid because it is, it is dangerous for transgender people. Uh, and she's asked me when I'm on the road to not be out in public as much as I have been in the past. But when I am out in public, I would, I would prefer that people address me as the person I'm expressing myself as. And I don't know. I mean, you can see my picture up there. And I don't know. If you saw a person like that in a store, would you automatically assume that that person is male or female? Uh, Obviously, that person's presenting as female. So the polite thing to do is to use feminine pronouns, right? Exactly. Exactly. Now, let me me ask you this right quick. does being transgender has to do with somebody that is attractive to? No. Um, somebody one time explained the difference between, and it's unfortunate that there is a T in LGBTQ. Uh, T doesn't belong in there because the difference is for LGP, LGB, for lesbian, gay, and bisexual, that's all about who you want to go to bed with. But transgender is who you go to bed as. This is my identity. It's not who I'm attracted to. So on my channel, I have many, many uh, admirers who, you know, they want me to date them. They, They want to start romantic conversations with me. And I consistently turn them down because I'm not attracted to men. I've never been attracted to men. I'm, I'm attracted to women and specific specifically, um, Although my wife is not attracted to me as a woman, I am attracted to my wife. I think she's the most beautiful person in the world, and I love her with all my heart. So, no, attraction is just not part of this. All right. All right. Now, let me – now, I, I got another question. Um, I had to write I, – I had to write. So, you had to excuse me because I, I, no, I, I was driving today. I was writing down the questions that – that I, that I wanted to ask. Um, so how does, so, and 
maybe this is your opinion or something like that because if if it's not opinionated you know it, let me know but okay. how, how you explained to me when you was coming up and you was feeling different you know you was looked at different um and and you know kids pointed you out as different how does someone know that they're transgender Okay. Um, transgender is not a diagnosis. Uh, the diagnosis that a psychologist would make or a psychiatrist would make is that a person has gender dysphoria. And we all know what euphoria is. Euphoria is good feelings. Right. Whereas dysphoria is ill feelings. It, it's, it's a supreme discomfort and restlessness. And in the case of gender dysphoria, it means that a person feels a supreme restlessness and discomfort with their biological sex. So, yes, I was born biologically male. And as much as I have to, I still present as biologically male. But as I said earlier, I'm not comfortable like that. Um, and the longer I have to go living as a male the more the restlessness becomes stronger and stronger until it becomes a depression, which can become suicidal. And even in my situation, it has gotten to the point where I, I could not continue unless I went back to my feminine persona. So when I went to a psychiatrist, I finally um, actually last year came to the point where I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I really was on the edge of suicide and I went to a psychiatrist and I said, you got to help me. What am I going to do? And I told her everything that I was going through. And she asked all kinds of questions. And then she gave me a diagnosis of gender dysphoria, which is, and this is debated because there are people who say, you know, you can be transgender without gender dysphoria. But for an awful lot of us, you are transgender if you have gender dysphoria, if being your birth sex is driving you out of your mind, that generally means that you're transgender and you won't be comfortable, you won't have peace uh, until, you, uh, until you express that. Did you, oh, I am so sorry to hear that you were so close to source and I'm glad that you're here to, uh, to tell your story. Um, this gives this this story right here that you're telling will probably give somebody else that's that might be in the same situation hope. Yeah. Right? I hope so. I mean so, that's why I started my channel. So your so so your wife being so supportive, um, and as you said, as you said yourself that it was, you know, it is hard for her, but she is very supportive of of your gender identities. She's understanding that, you know, she, she entered marriage believing that I was cured. I thought I was cured. Um, when I, when we started dating, one of the first things that I told her, because I didn't want to live a lie, I told her, and of course the only language that we had back then was cross-dresser. So I told her I used to be a cross-dresser, but um, I seemed to be cured. And sure enough, when I met her, I, the general experience of many transgender people is that when they fall in love, they get a little reprieve. 
And I took that to mean that I was cured. And then a year later, it came back with a vengeance. And, you know, we've gone from a place of believing that this is a biblical abomination and that, you know, every time I expressed myself as a woman that I was committing a terrible, terrible sin. And we both believe that. And so I I lived through agony for, for decades of our marriage. And, you know, my wife has been, you know, in those early days, I guess we call it forgiving and understanding. And then as we've gone on and realized that transgender is more of a birth defect, um, I guess that forgiveness has become understanding. Um, She has told me that she believes that I'm doing something good in having the YouTube channel that I do and the ministry to transgender people that I have. And, you know, we're both committed Christians. We love the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so as I share the love of Jesus, that actually God doesn't hate you for being transgender. He, he died. He died for the sins of the world. He loves you. He died for you. And if you trust in him, he'll save you. Um, my wife maybe has a hard time supporting this identity, but she has no difficulty in supporting this ministry. All right, all right. So what? Are the, so out of out of all the careers that you had, what what made you decide to be a trucker? Well, um, when I lived in Toronto and I was a pastor, uh, we were pioneering a church back then in Richmond Hill, and we were struggling financially um pioneer churches aren't easy to start and you know we had a we had a promising group to start with um but we needed we needed more income we had small children at home so my wife couldn't work so um my church was associated with a christian school my mom worked there my sister worked there and they kind of got me in the door and um you know, so, you know, I became a teacher basically to support myself. But before I became a teacher, the first thing I did to make ends meet was I drove a five ton truck around Toronto. And I loved it. It was like the best job that I ever had. Like, you know, you never took your job home with you at night, you went home, it was over. But every day was a brand new adventure, you went somewhere new, you met new people, you had new challenges, you know, it was never boring. So um, long after we moved to Alberta and I had my, my teaching careers in Alberta and my pastorate in Alberta, um, when I burned out most recently in the Christian school that I was teaching in, I said, you know what? I need something that doesn't have all this stress, um, doesn't have this endless documentation and red tape to cut through every day. I need a job where a job that's not killing me. And so I remembered back to that wonderful, wonderful job that I had back in Toronto. And I thought, you know what? I want to go back to trucking. And so I did. And I've been at it for about eight months and I love it. You definitely not beat you definitely not bored in trucking. I can tell you that much. You something exciting happens every day. It really does. I mean, wow. Uh How's the how's the how's the driving up there 
uh, how's the driving up there? Like, is it like congested traffic like we go through? Or let you know what? Let me ask you this. What about the laws? How about your ELDs, uh, your hours of service? How is that different from ours? Canada, honestly, is a little bit lax uh, in the United States. And I do most of my driving in the United States because, let's face it, most Canadians live within 200 miles of the American border. So everything we do is with America. Mm-hmm. So, But we have a 13-hour driving day, which honestly is too much. The 11 hours that stipulate in the United States, I believe, is better for drivers. So when I've done drives entirely in Canada and I've done those 13-hour days, by the end of those days, I was dead. Whereas when I do an 11-hour day in the United States and I have to take that half hour somewhere within the first eight hours of my drive, I can manage that. So I would say that driving in the States is easier Um, It is more congested. I mean, I I live north of the empty quarter of the United States. I mean, Montana, the Dakotas, Wyoming, that's the quiet part of the United States. Mm -hmm. And only occasionally do I go down to busier cities like Dallas or Houston. I haven't gone anywhere near L.A. or New York yet. You don't want to. (laughs) No, I I really don't. No. You don't um, want to either. (laughs) So far, Dallas and Houston are as about as big as I've got. I've been through Minneapolis a couple of times. Um, but no, uh, Canadian driving is definitely less congested. And the laws are a little bit looser. We don't have to have DEF on our trucks, okay. which makes the trucks last longer. Um, and, you, you know, in that 13 hours, you don't need to take a break, which I don't think is a good idea because – Really, if you're going to stay healthy, you need to take you need to take a break every two hours, or your back's going to suffer. So every morning I get up and I do this really, really extensive aerobic exercise in my truck, and then I take my breaks, and that keeps me healthy. All right, all right. So, so th- you guys that thirteen, we got yeah, we got eleven over here. Now let me ask you something coming. Coming into the states, do do you need a do you need a, a passport? Yep, um, it's ident it's identification. They don't actually stamp it. It's not like I get a visa. It's just it's a good identification. All my manifests have my name. Unfortunately, it's my male name. So there's been a few times when I hand them my passport, and of course, my my male. Identity is in that passport because I haven't gotten legal changes made. And it, it has been funny because I'm crossing the border and they, you know, they say hello and everything like that. It's amazing how they treat men and women differently. Exactly. But, um, you know, they greet me as a woman and then they, they get my papers and they get my, my passport and they look at it and you can just see their face. You, you can see they, you, you, you can see they attitude change dramatically right i mean you you identifying yourself as a female while you're driving yes and then you get and, and you come up to you know you come up to the border or you come up to you know come up to the border to go past and you give them your credentials and then they see you know they they see your male your uh your male credentials yeah that's what, interesting do, do you have do you have a story 
to tell that 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 uh that that uh, uh that happened well um most of the time they look shocked and you know the first time that the first time i crossed the border en femme which means you know expressing myself as a woman first time i crossed the border that way i thought oh no you know he looked shocked he looked at my passport he looked at me he looked at my passport again he looked at me and i thought oh no they're going to take me in they're going to do a body scan they're going to do a strip <laughs> search it's going to be terrible they're going to make me prove that i'm male um but they didn't you know he just uh you know went through the paperwork stamped everything passed it back to me and told me to have a safe drive and then since then uh generally male border guards are uncomfortable and generally female border guards are very chatty and they get talking and they say oh we haven't seen you in a while so i i guess they get to recognize me and uh then she said no wait a second there was another tra- there was another transgender trucker who used to cross here frequently you're not them you look way better than they did Okay. All right. I appreciate that. But, um, you know, I've never had a negative experience. I've, I've been pulled into way stations and I had to hold the tape while I'm standing there in a skirt and heels, uh, while they measure how far apart my wheels are awkward, but not a negative experience. I've been pulled over by state troopers who went through all my paperwork and they were really, really courteous. They said, um, do you want us to call you Peter or do you have another name you want us to call you? And, you know, I said, well, call me Kimberly. And so they called me Kimberly and they were perfect gentlemen, but Mm -hmm. I've never had a bad experience yet, but I'm always cautious because you always know, you know, being trans is not always a safe identity. Exactly. Exactly. So when you first uh when, once you got finished with your uh with your schooling, you got your CDLs, you mm-hmm. did did you have to go out with a well like us when we go to a new trucking company, we have to go out with a trainer. Did did you go out with a trainer um when you got to your first trucking job? That was the plan and you got to understand this was just uh this was just this March. I'm I'm a newbie. I, I'm a rookie. The idea was that I was going to drive with the owner on a trip from Calgary to Vancouver, but then COVID hit, and our company's policy was not to have passengers and never to have more than one person in a truck. So that first run, I was told to follow another trucker, but. He took off and I never saw him again. Uh, all our trucks are governed at 110 kilometers an hour, about 68 miles an hour. And so he started first. He was gone down the highway. I spent all this time looking for, you know, another truck from my company, but I never found him until I got down to the destination where we're both delivering in Kansas City, you know, and we chatted a little bit, but yeah, he, as soon as he was empty, he went on his way, and I never saw him again. So I was pretty much on my own from the beginning. Wow. How how nerve-wracking was that? Well, I took out a stop sign, so, yeah, it was, it was nerve-wracking. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so 
the the company that you that 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 you drive uh that you drive for they know that they they know that you're identifying yourself as a woman you they they wasn't there wasn't no discriminatory or uh nothing that you know that offended you or anything like that well i i anticipated prejudice um i've always anticipated prejudice but at the same time I want to be honest and I don't want to live a lie. So pretty much every employer that I've ever had with very few exceptions, I wait about three months and then I say, and by the way, there's something I need to tell you. And if you want to dismiss me, well, then go ahead and dismiss me. But I am transgender. Um, So I did the same thing at the company that I'm at right now. And they told me when they hired me, Um, Your life is your business. What you have in your truck is your business. And we're not going to go through your stuff. So I I don't think they ever anticipated that, you know, they'd be talking about dresses and heels. But uh, I waited until my three-month interview. And I had a very positive interview. And I waited until they told me that I was doing really well. And then at the end of the interview, I said, you know, I want to be honest so I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I actually am transgender and I have been operating this truck as a woman. And uh, this is the owner's wife, who's also the dispatcher. And she said, well, we told you when we hired you that your life is your business and what you have in your truck is up to you. And no, we don't have any objection to that at all. So I, I was very, very relieved and Um, There was one time when uh, the owner of the company, you know, pulled my truck in for servicing and one of my bins tipped off the upper bunk and all my high heeled shoes spilled out on the floor and he picked them all up, put them back in the box and never said anything against me. I've never had anything from this company that was the least bit offensive. They are wonderful people. All right, all right. Let me ask you. Uh, let me let me ask you this question right here. Um, why do you feel that transgender people are discriminated against? Strangely enough, as I've tried to understand myself, I've put myself in other people's shoes, and let's face it, it's strange. I mean, I never would have chosen this for myself. Who would? But the thought of a biological male who presents as female is strange. People are uncomfortable with that. Um, Christianity is, 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 yes, is a religion of love and grace, but it's also a religion about obeying God. And there is one verse way back in Deuteronomy that talks about men not wearing women's clothes women not wearing men's clothes. And even though that is surrounded by old laws in the Old Testament that nobody obeys anymore, this one got kind of pulled out because, you know, people are, you know, when people see a transgender person or a cross-dresser or a transvestite, which are not the same thing, uh, they say, oh, wow, that's different. That couldn't be right. And so they go looking in the Bible to find some kind of justification for the fact that they feel uncomfortable And they go to Deuteronomy. And so then they say, oh, this person is evil. They're an abomination. They're wicked. 
And, you know, our culture values masculinity and our culture does not value femininity. So when a girl grows up as a tomboy, her parents are generally proud of her. But if a boy grows up and he's feminine, his parents are embarrassed because our culture does not value femininity. So then if a biological male presents as feminine, they are committing a taboo. And our culture is very good at enforcing its taboo through shunning, through mockery, through isolation, through violence, through murder. And unfortunately, a lot of trans people have died already. That's what's up. That's what's up. So as as a truck uh as a trucker, you said you're you know you're a newbie trucker out here. How long have you been trucking out here? I've been driving since March, so let's So I've been driving for just between about eight months and nine months. And then when I drove a five ton in Toronto, that was a year. All right. All right. Now, let me ask now. Now, let me ask you this. Um, how has it been uh, since you've been driving? Like, I'm, I'm sure it's liberating. You have yes, you, you, really you drove. You you drove in the you know you came over in the states you you got a little bit of a you got a little bit of a U.S. life over here and and of course you drive up in uh you know up in Canada how often do you come over to the states though every drive I spend a few hours driving in Canada at the beginning of the trip and the end of a trip and the rest of the time is all in the states. Okay. So so would that be considered over the road or regional? I guess. Um, it's over the road. I mean, I'm everywhere. I've been down to the border of Texas and Mexico. And, you know, Canada exports, I don't know, something like 90% of what we produce to the States. And the States is exporting stuff to Canada all the time. So that's where my business is. All right. So being now coming over into the States, uh, you're identifying yourself as, you know, of, of course, a female driver and you're coming into yeah. the States. How has the how has the treatment here in the States been for you as as you identify as a female driver? Well, you have to understand Canadians and Americans are basically an, two identical peoples. There isn't much difference in our culture at all. Uh, Canadians are maybe more standoffish and say less, but um, there has been no difference in the the tolerant treatment that I've received. I, I think maybe the most negative that I ever had was I was shopping in Canada one time, and uh, there was a family that drove by, and apparently the mom found me really, really funny, and uh, she nearly broke her neck, tried to stick her head out the window so she could get a good look at me. But whether I've been in the States or in Canada, I've been treated with respect. Um, the worst that has ever happened is that I got a weird look. But I've never, ever had anybody say anything unpleasant to me. And most people, whether they read me, which means they they figure out, you know, my biological sex 
Um, you know, my nose is, is a little too big maybe. Um, <laughs> but when people have figured out that I'm biologically male, I have never been treated, you know, occasionally somebody will say, Hey, th- Hey there buddy, or hi there, uh, sir. But that's really been the worst, you know, misgendering is maybe the worst that it's ever been. And honestly, I can shrug that off. So have you ever gave it some, have you ever gave it some thought of, well, hold on. Have you ever gave it some thought, you know, and have you talked it over with your wife that you, that you might want to go through the full completion from trans from transgendering from a male into a female my wife and i have a transparent um relationship and like i said at the beginning my wife is sitting with me right now um so you know obviously there are things in our marriage that i'm not going to declare out in front of all of youtube um but you know because my wife married me as a male, um, I need to honor my marriage vows. I need to honor her. And so I know that you're referring to bottom surgery and, you know, or as some people would call it, a gender confirmation surgery or a sex change. Uh, for the sake of my wife, I'm never going to do that. But... I am on HRT. I am on, I am on feminine hormones and those are changing my body a little bit. Uh, the reason I'm taking them is because they have, they've equalized my emotion a lot and they have given me a lot of psychological peace. Um, and my wife has been very tolerant in watching those small changes in my body happening. But um, if I was single, I would have, I probably would have, I probably would have transitioned entirely medically, legally, socially in every possible way decades ago. But, you know, you've, you have to honor the position that you're in. And I know that there are transgender people who just, you know, they just pitch everything. They pitch their wife, their children, their, their church, everything so that they can pursue their internal identity. And I just don't believe that before God, we have the right to do that. If we made vows, those vows are until death do us part. And the Bible says that a man does not own his own body. His wife owns it. And a woman does not own her own body. Her husband owns it. And so therefore, I'm not going to make big changes to my body without my wife's full support. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, I haven't mentioned your kids. Uh, you say you got five of them. How how are how are they taking it? Well, my oldest son is married, and he actually caught me a week before because I was his pastor as well as his father, and he caught me a week before I solemnized his marriage. And then he told his fiance, of course, no secrets, right? And um, they have been very, very supportive. And, you know, just this week, I had a long conversation with them 
about my life as it is right now. And, you know, the two of them expressed complete support. And they said, you know what, we love no matter what. And we're here for you no matter what. Um, and um, are you still there? Yeah, I'm Lost still here. on the screen for a sec. <laughs> I'm still okay. here. And then my two, my two youngest sons, um, one of them caught me last, last summer. And, of course, that spread very quickly to his brother. And so I was forced to give them a full explanation. Um, when he saw me, he did not realize it was me. He thought that uh, one of dad's teacher colleagues was over at the house doing some, doing some collaborative work. And, you know, I couldn't lie to him. I had to admit, no, you didn't see my colleague. You saw me. And that was very, very difficult. And they were very, very distant. Uh, they found other people to share that burden with and uh, just try to come to terms with it. But not long ago, they they told my wife, you know, we never looked down on dad for this. And, you know, occasionally they'll make some distant reference to it. But since last summer, we've never actually had a, an out and out conversation about it. So I'm content to wait until they're ready. And if they never want to talk about it, well, that's okay too. All right. That's what's up. How can, how, how can someone, how can someone be supportive of the trans people in, in, in their lives? I, I think the important thing is to remember that there is no transgender movement that a person can support. We're individuals, we're all different. Somebody one time said, if you've met one transgender person, you've met one transgender person. And so supporting a person and showing understanding to a person is going to look different no matter what, you know, no matter who you, you know, there, there is no one size fits all. There are some people who have gender dysphoria who are absolutely determined to fight it until their dying day. And the way to support them would be to stand by them and affirm them as a man. And then there's other people with gender dysphoria, like myself, who finally get tired of the battle and tired of, you know, living a lie. And um, maybe part-time, maybe half-time, maybe full-time, finally decide to live their identity, in which case the best way to support them is to love them unconditionally, to not shun them, turn your back on them. Um, my wife, um, the, the only terminology that could describe how my wife feels about this is my wife is transphobic. She loves me, but she feels very, very uncomfortable with all things transgender. And so the way that she has supported me is to give me unconditional love um, at times, forgiveness, um, understanding she, when I'm agonizing because, excuse me, um, gender dysphoria is, is agony. You know, she's there to hold me. She's there to love me. And, you know, when I'm in dark places and there are times when I'm in very, very dark places because Let's face it, I'm a walking contradiction. 
ultimately I can never have a truly female body to match a female identity. It's never going to happen. My chromosomes will always be X, Y. And that's always going to be a source of pain. And transgender people have a mortality rate by suicide, 50% up to the age of 20 and 40% thereafter. Because that incongruity between the identity and the body is painful. And so understanding the pain that a transgender person lives with every single day of their life and being there to pray for them, to love them, to care for them, to hear them, even when we say things that nobody understands but us, that is the greatest support that a person could ever give. That's what's up. That's what's up. That is what's up. That is what's up. Generally bird rolls, everybody. Man. I, I hear the passion in your voice for uh for the trans community. Let's talk about uh let's talk about your uh YouTube page right here. Um uh let me go ahead and hit that subscribe for you and that all button for you. You're very welcome. Uh you got about 23 uh subscribers rocking with you. Uh when when did you started your channel and what do you want people to get out of it? I started my channel about two years ago with just one video, um, which was my testimony of how I became a Christian. And um, then I didn't do anything for a full year because honestly, I was, I was embarrassed by my voice because it was like a little mini mouse voice where I was talking like this. And, um, you know, I, I just left it there. And then, you know, as I, you know, I, I was on Flickr and I had a lot of friends on Flickr. Oh, did I and lose? You? Oh, there you go. That, <laughs> there were many liberal Christians out there who, you know, said, well, don't worry about what the Bible says. The, the Bible isn't true anyway. And I felt there really needed to be somebody out there who believed the Bible, who believed the gospel, who loved Jesus. Um, not to say that liberal Christians don't love Jesus, but someone who could relate to those of us who everything in the Bible matters to us. And to find comfort as we agonize as transgender people and agonize, you know, sometimes dealing with Bible passages that are hard to understand. I, I really felt that there was a need. So um, from about February of this year, or from January of this year until July, I made 80 videos. Um, and then I had this terrible purge, which uh, transgender people know well, where, you know, you have, you feel guilt and you get guilty for being transgender and you try to delete everything because you think that will make you normal. And it doesn't work. Um, and my wife was just so incredibly gracious at that time. She actually went dumpster diving with me to get all my clothes and all my makeup and everything like that back. But unfortunately, everything that was on YouTube was deleted in that moment of insanity. Everything on Flickr was deleted. So I've been rebuilding ever since July. And I think we've got about 102 videos up there. 
talking about all kinds of different um, topics, everything from living the Christian life to um, what to do when your when your wig gets tangled, um, to clothing and I'm trying to give people support in, in every part of the transgender life. So would you say your target audience uh, for your YouTube channel will be, you know, trans uh, transgender community, letting them know, you know, how it is, uh, how it is, what you are here uh, being the truck driver as well. Yep. Yep. I've got a number of videos that are titled transgender trucker. I've got ones about when I drove through Montana on sheet ice and, so I've actually wound up with three audiences. Um, there are admirers who think I'm pretty and I'm always kind of like waving them away because I'm married and I'm not interested in them. And then I have a lot of truckers who um, follow me because we have similar experiences and we talk about our trucks. Uh, recently I gave a tour of my Mac pinnacle. And so we all compare trucks and things like that. And then the third audience, of course, that I have is transgender people. And, you know, ultimately, I was aiming to reach transgender people, but everybody's welcome. All right. All right. All right. How, who inspired you to do your channel? Um, a few people. Um, there's, a, there's a transgender woman in Toronto I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce her name properly. Her name is Steph Sajati. And uh, she uh, she basically lived her whole life on YouTube. And she's not making videos anymore, but she was a big inspiration. And Jackie Rabbit was also a big inspiration to me as well. So I think, yes, that's my that's my tour that you've got up on the screen right now. Mm-hmm. Um those were probably the two biggest inspirations. And then there's a trans man. That's a female who's uh, transitioned to male named Austin Lionheart or Austin Hartke. Um, and, you know, he's a liberal Christian, but I really appreciated what he had to say. And so um, my channel was kind of like, okay, there's, there's channels out there for liberal Christians Let's have a channel for conservative Christians. Okay, okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. And as I'm going through your channel, it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. What, what else you like? What, what do you hope to achieve from your channel? Ultimately, my greatest goal, and I don't, I don't, you know, preach my faith in every video. But ultimately, the greatest thing that anybody can, the greatest gift that anybody can receive is peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ and to find his free grace, to repent of sin, to know that God is now their friend, their father, and that someday they're going to spend all eternity in heaven and to live for the rest of their lives to bring honor to his name. To me, that's the greatest thing that any person can ever do. So I guess what I'm hoping is that someone who doesn't know Jesus through my channel will get to know him and will get to know his love. All right, Kimberly, 
for 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 your channel for for your youtube channel uh do you have any do you have any advice for uh for other transgenders that's trying to uh tell their story via youtube uh do you have any advice tips or advice for for them who's just starting a youtube channel I, th I think uh, an important one that I learned the hard way is plan what you're going to say before you make a video. <laughs> As um, I have wandered around in some of the videos and people just get frustrated with that and, you know, they shut it off. Um, be part of a community. When you get your first subscribers, build friendships with them. When people make comments, and I'm so sorry that, People make comments on my videos and I don't always get to them because, hey, the trucking life is a busy life. And I get sometimes dozens and dozens of comments in a day. But, you know, respond to your comments. When, when people have questions, answer their questions. Make friends with other YouTubers. If you can do something collaborative, like, for instance, um, be interviewed by the lockout men, go for it. And... Um, you know, all of that is is going to help you to uh, not just be known, but be a faithful member of the community. Because as YouTube creators, we're kind of a community ourselves. And, you know, we learn from one another. We can help each other pass some of the pitfalls. And, yeah, I, I found that those are things that really help me. And so... I encourage other people to do the same. All right. That's what's up. That's what's up. So out of all the all, out of all this time that you've been trucking, what what have you what have you learned? Uh what have you learned from trucking so far? There are wonderful people all over the world. And I know that our world right now has an awful lot of disunity. There's terrible things happening in the world. And I mourn to see the violence that happens in our world. But that's not everything that's happening. Those aren't the violence and the and the the hateful are not the only people in the world. There are good people that I meet in every city in Canada and America. There are decent people, kind people people who are tolerant, people who, who value other people, no matter what their, the color of their skin or their religion or their identity might be, the majority of people out there are kind and thoughtful and good. And I've got, to, I've got to meet so many people, and it has been a good experience. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, what are you? What What are your few? What is your future endeavors with uh, with trucking? What do you What do you hope to accomplish uh, or end game with uh, trucking? My end game is to find a job closer to home so that I can be with my wife. Um, I love being on the road. I love doing those long, long drives, but. I love my wife most of all. And so if I can find a way to be home every night with her, or at least a little bit more often than I am right now, that's what I really want. 
Have you have you took her? Have you uh, took your wife over? I mean, out with you in the truck? Has she been in the truck with you? Well, I'm not officially allowed because my company does not allow passengers. Okay. But maybe just once or twice, I might have driven with her from Red Deer to Calgary together. And that's what I would have loved, but COVID has made that impossible. My company used to allow passengers, in which case my wife and I would have traveled all over America together by now. But until COVID is over, that's just not going to happen. And I don't even think that's going to even happen. We we going in the second wave of shutdowns right now. No, I know. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I just, I, I just came up out of Denny's and they was like, nope. I was like, okay, so how am I going to order? Well, you got the Denny's app, don't you? I was like, yeah, okay, that's that's about it. So I had to, mm-hmm. I had to make my order from the app and went in there and got it. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's crazy right now with with COVID season, COVID season part two, y'all. <laughs> oh man, it's crazy. Uh, hold on, right quick, Kimberly Burgrove, everybody. What are what are some tips that you would like to share for uh, for uh, other transgenders that's thinking about coming into trucking? What 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 tips you'd like to give them? I would say that following the path that I took is a good idea. I'm not going to call myself wise or anything like that, but I think I made a good decision not revealing myself right away because there's many people who will not give you a chance to prove yourself. They just think, oh, transgender? Oh, I don't really want one of them. Um, But once you've had a chance to prove yourself, as I did, and they're happy with what you're doing, then it's generally safe to come out to your employer There are a number of trucking companies in Canada that advertise right up on their website that they are trans-affirming and that they welcome people of every identity. Um, So in a case like that, you know, like, go for it. I think that um, as because the world has changed, but it has not everybody has changed, and there are scary people out there, I think that it's wise that when you're in a truck stop, watch your back, never find yourself behind all the trucks, be where it's well lit and where there are people because we don't want tragedies. There's been too many tragedies already. I agree. I agree. Well, Kimberly Burgrove, thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us tonight, man. I really do I really do appreciate you, uh, you, you coming on and, uh, and, 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 and sharing and getting this information that, you know, somebody might be watching this and they probably might feel the same way. And, you know, you just gave them, you, you just gave them, like I said earlier, you just gave them hope. And, and now they got the opportunity to come out here, uh, to, you know, to do, to do the thing that you done and that was to get in this big 18 wheel CDL truck driving uh, 
career. You know what I'm saying? You're not the, you know, you're not the only one. I mean, you know, I spoke, you know, I spoke with, you know, several, uh, several, uh, transgender truckers and all like that. So yeah, you, you are most welcome to come back on the show anytime that, you know, if you want have another story to tell or, you know, or anything that happens or something like that, by all means, get, get at me. You know, you, you got, you know, you know how to get in contact with the lockout men. So just yep. get at me and I'll, I will definitely uh, get you onto the show. Well, thank you so much. You're and very, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Again, Kimberly Burgrove, everybody. Kimberly, you have a good night. Stay safe out there. And uh, tell you, uh, I think you said that your wife is next to you, so tell her that I says, uh, you know, I, you know, I, a lot of strength, a lot of strength, and I, I give her all the praise. So, you know, to the, the, the make the mar- the make the marriage work. So, most definitely. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You take care now. Good night. God bless you. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. All right, everybody. That's Kimberly Burgrove. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, that's going to do it for the, ep- I mean, for the Lockout Men podcast show for this episode. Thank you guys for coming. I really do appreciate you guys being here. If you like content like this and more, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share, hit that bell and that all button. That all button lets you know when I drop videos and that all button lets you know when I go live. Sometimes I go live now at eight o'clock, but it's going to change. It's saying, you know, I go in the morning, I go in the evening, probably might go in the middle. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You got to hit that all button to know and get the information. I mean, get the notification when I drop videos. But what I want you guys to do the most important thing to do is to hit that like button so that YouTube can push the videos. You know what I'm saying? Also, guys, I'm thirsty. I'm almost finished with this. With with this, I don't know what this concoction that I just made, but I'm almost finished with it. So hook me up with some coffee, man. The, the uh, coffee app and the cash app is in the description below. And if you want to join the community, I'm still waiting on you, Simon. Still waiting on you to join, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, join the community, man. Hook a brother up with something to eat, man. All right. On that note, everybody, I appreciate you guys being here tonight. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And until next time, I will come back at you guys with another video. Peace. Cause baby, once I'm gone, I ain't coming back You gon' have to settle with another man When you realize, don't be running back